Yo. What up? What up, man? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Your boy just turned 29. That's right. Happy birthday, sir. It is the birthday. Uh, 29th birthday, I'm assuming, right? Yes, that's correct. 29. It's the last, last rodeo in the 20s, man. How do you feel? Man, I feel I feel like I'm 21. Yeah? Still 21? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I still feel like I'm 21, but no. Um, honestly, like, as I look back on my 20s, as crazy as that shit sounds, hey, as I look know, back we all on do my it. 20s, like, I can't help but to realize, like, how much life I've actually enjoyed. You know what I'm saying? Like no matter through the highs, through the lows, through whatever. Yeah. Like life has been great. You know, I've learned so much and I'm going to take all the mistakes that I learned in my twenties and push that towards being the wisest possible me that I can be in my thirties and beyond. Yes, so yes, I mean, like I said, I'm still a little getting a little ahead of myself because I ain't 30 yet, but <laughs> it's coming and I'm ready for it. That final lap for the twenties, man. I'm telling you, it's it's, it's a trip, but you gotta enjoy it. Yeah, man. Like this is probably gonna be the last year. I'm gonna be on bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even remotely true. (laughs) Not believing that for a second. It's just a different type of bullshit in your thirties. That's all. (laughs) It just comes with the extra creaks and critches in your little kneecaps and your bones and your back. You don't get to bounce back from drinking as quickly as you used to. So it's the same bullshit, just with different lens on it. Could be, but knowing me, I might relapse once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. uh, so uh, on my birthday, like I was at home and I wasn't, I wasn't going to do much. This is actually the 25th. So the day before my birthday, my birthday was on that Sunday that just sure. passed. Yes. That Saturday I was at the crib and got a FaceTime from, um, what should I call her? <laughs> oh, here we go. Who's that Pokemon? Let's call her um Totodile. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I used Totodile yet. So let's just call it Totodile. So. A little, <laughs> little water, a little slip slide. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel me? I got Super soaker. Um. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Get ahead of ourselves there. <laughs> anyway. So I get a call. She's like, what you doing? You trying to come see me? And I'm like, in my head, honestly, honestly, guys, Siege, I wasn't trying to go see her. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, I'm good. (laughs) So this is what I did. I was like, shit, if you Uber me there, I'll come see you. Oh, that's a move. (laughs) All right. (laughs) She said, what's your address? Oh, And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) Locked you in. She's going to call me for my bluff. Fuck it. All right. I'm on bullshit tonight. So boom, boom, boom. I told her where where I was. And as I told her where I was, I hit up the chat. Like, hey, yo, um, this girl just Ubered me to her crib. And I'm going to be over here if y'all need something. They're like, oh, shit. My boy got kidnapped. <laughs> kidnapped on his birthday. <laughs> like taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but much nicer. Much nicer. Oh, way nicer. Way nicer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I get to her house. Shout out to my Uber driver. He was cool as fuck. Get to her house. Or her, her place. She don't live in a house, but her place. Oh, sure. Got it. And um, she's like, yeah, um, let's watch a movie. Mm-hmm. She's like, you trying to watch something scary? I'm like, yeah, bet. And we're looking through shit, and we 
we decided to watch. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> this I don't know why we decided to watch this movie. I said a series, but we decided to watch Dahmer. What? Why? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? That's setting the mood for y'all. That's I. A little cannibalism. Yes, light the mood up a little bit. It's sexy time. Okay. <laughs> so we're watching the movie. We're Netflix and chilling. Netflix and chilling. And then um, she goes, uh, come to my room. Mm. I'm like, all right, but. And she puts on a different movie, totally different mood now. Mm. But she blasts the volume. Oh. Um. And I'm like, why is it so loud? Right. And in my head, I'm like, she wants me to cram the shit out of her guts. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want her neighbors to know my name. Mm, we already stuffed turkeys <laughs> the days before that, man. Oh, man. You guess you just kept stuffing, huh? Guess, uh, I guess I got to keep stuffing. Mm. But like oh, I no. said, I didn't, I didn't want to do this to, to begin with. That's right. So I'm like, okay, I got to find a way out of it somehow. <laughs> and, um. Long story short, I found a way out of it. Oh wow! Um, I'm not gonna say it. Fuck it. We already here. There so, we go. <laughs> and I told you already too. Yep, so, yep, yep. So we're watching that movie, and then I get some gawk gawk three thousand. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, the boy. She, she goes off into the kitchen to grab some paper towels to you know wipe down and stuff. Oh sure. And at the corner of my eye, I seen a full body apparition just flash. Uh, I'm sorry. Like yes, a full. Body, aber- so if you don't know what that is, a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's I got the word avarice. I'm like, that's spooky, right? That's spooky <laughs> shit. Yeah. Okay. So a ghost, like fuck, flash. fuck all that, fuck that. <laughs> that's exactly when I texted you, like, bro, what the fuck is going on? Oh, now it makes sense. I was like, what the fuck? Yes. What is happening? <laughs> and immediately, as you guys. Already heard, I texted Siege and my group chat like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, you were in a trap. That was some crazy <laughs> shit. And I'm like, fuck, I'm stuck here until like early in the morning. Mm. So she comes back. I wipe down and I'm like trying to trying to be smooth and trying to keep it smooth. So I keep hitting this. Keep hitting one of these sponsor sticks. Yeah. And um, hitting up the chat like, yo, I need an escape plan. Like... Y'all need to come save me. <laughs> and then my guy's like, hey, text him to Addy. I sent him to Addy. He was like, hey, when you when you got to come home? And I'm like, shit, as soon as possible. <laughs> come get me now. ASAP. Like, you know, sooner the better. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to feel like a dick. So I'll stay for a little while. Sure. And then at do. this time, you know what I'm saying? We could put that, put that emotion. <laughs> so time goes on. And I'm uncomfortable, so I'm not sleeping. Oh, no. That's uh, the worst. I get up to actually go take a shit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a photo, folks. I got a photo yeah. of this. <laughs> I actually get up to go take a shit, come back, and this woman is snoring. Like Snorlax. Snoring like Snorlax. <laughs> so I go in the living room, check the time. It's four in the morning. Mm. I think I overstayed my welcome. Yeah, I think so. I'm like, um, hey, mayday, mayday. For <laughs> <laughs> the bat signal. <laughs> mayday, mayday. Bat signal. Lighten up the fucking fireworks that shoot up in the air and shit like I'm stranded <laughs> out on <in> Titanic. Fucking <laughs> <Look at> flares. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, 
And then, <laughs> and then my guy hits me back like, I'll be at the corner of uh, coordinate 6,588. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I peeked. She was still sleeping. <sighs> I tippy-toed. <laughs> Opened up the door real slow. And you know, when you're trying to be quiet, everything oh. is real loud. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So as I pulled the door, it <laughs> creaks. And I'm like, fuck it. How about that bitch? Like that bitch and I get, <laughs> get to hitting it. Looking like Tyreek Kill down the sidelines. <laughs> Make it a cut. <laughs> Post route. Oh, the door opens up. Boop. Hop back in the locker room. We out that mud. Wow. The great escape. That's <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> God. I'm gonna add so many sounds to this fucking story, man. Oh my god. <laughs> I remember Tyranitar, my friend who helped me escape, he was asking me, like, did you have fun at least? I'm like, no, but it would be a great story to tell. Yeah. Because, I mean, off the record, I'll be able to tell you way more. <laughs> but yeah, on I... the record, I got to filter this a little bit because sure, sure. I got to be careful. You know, certain ears might hear this. You know what I mean? Oh, I got you. I feel you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> my question is, it's not I. I assume at some point you had some kind of fun. That's whatever. If you didn't, eh, it sucks. But my thing is, when you saw this avarice that you kind of just just spot right over that one, didn't even say anything much about it, how did you not fucking dart out of that place immediately? You've seen horror movies. You're, you got enough melanin where it still counts where your ass is going to be in some newspaper if you didn't leave immediately. <laughs> how did you still stay until 4 a.m. after seeing what could be construed as maybe a specter or a ghost of some type. Well, that's where I'm comfortable. With the ghost. So, I know you're spiritual, but let me let me give you a backstory. Okay. So um according to the great legend of my life yes. that was told by my grandmother, mm. apparently I've been seeing ghosts since I was a kid. Wow. She said she would see me talk to people that weren't there. She said sometimes I'll just be playing by myself. This is when I was like really young, like two. Yeah. Like she, she would watch me because, you know, my mom, she was relatively young when she had me. So she was, um, you know, in school, work. Oh, house, yeah. You know what I'm saying? At the time, they were still married. So he was at work and stuff too. So my yeah. grandma always babysat me. I mean, she would always tell me, like, yeah, you would come up to me and be like, you know, grandma, I seen that guy on the wall. And I would point to a picture of my grandfather Woo! who's transitioned. Yeah. And I got chills already. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. She would have the same response. <clears throat> wow. And so, you know, I don't even get scared. Uh, it's, of course, it's like, what the fuck? Every time I see one. Oh, sure. Uh, but it's, I don't know. It, I, I guess since I've under, since I, hmm, how should I say this? Since I understand the other side of that dimension, mm-hmm. you know, when I see stuff like that, it doesn't really bother me because I know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes whether it's pain or fear, all that really is is just a lack of understanding. Mm, I feel that. I can understand yeah. that. I know you don't watch a lot of television, a lot of like shows that are out there. And it's funny you mentioned this because my wife and I were literally watching a show. We watched this show called Reservation Dogs, mm. which is a fantastic show. If you haven't seen it, folks, fucking check it out. It's on Hulu, FX. 
It's literally just about a bunch of teenagers who are indigenous living on a reservation and just the shenanigans they get into. It's a fantastically acted show. I think just powerhouse performances. But the reason I bring it up is funny because you're talking about being a child and being in tune with spirits and just having conversations like it's no big deal to you. That literally is the episode we watched last night from Reservation Dogs. And it's just about like how it wasn't even just the kids. It was the whole community. You know, with Native Americans, they have such a, a rich tapestry when it comes to spirituality and mm-hmm. you know just the, the earth spirits. But like the spirits that they were talking to were just like everyone kind of had one or two that was just giving them guidance and watching yep. over them and kind of mm-hmm. watching how things going and, you know, busting their balls and shit. So like when you say that, it just reminds me of that. And it reminds me more of just like, I'm sure that's out there. You know, I'm not someone who says like ghosts aren't real or anything. I don't know if they're as real as, you know, Hollywood makes them out to be, but like right. that, that concept of just being in tune with spirits and those who have left us, I think it's very plausible. And if you've got those, you know, high vibrations and, you know, they, I don't know if it's a choosing kind of thing where they like choose you to be a vessel to speak through and pass knowledge onto. Like that's kind of awesome. If as long as it's along those lines and yeah. not like children of the corn, you know, the exorcist oh, yeah. kind of shit. Cause the grudge and yeah. no. Cause then when you said like, Oh, I was a kid. That's the shit. We talk about fear. That fucks me up is when kids <laughs> And ghosts are involved together. Like, that's so come play with us forever <laughs> and ever. That's what it sounds like to me. And I go, no, thank you. I'm going to just peace out of here. So that's pretty fucking sweet. But I just, I thought it was weird timing that you talked about that. I'm like, I just watched this episode. I know how this episode goes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of foreshadowing oh. what I was about to tell you on the show. Hey, look at that. It set yes, me up sir. for it. I, I like it a lot. Well, I'm glad you had some kind of excitement if it, wasn't overly fun, but my question for you, and then you're talking about reviewing your 20s and looking back and all the awesome things you did and just enjoying the ride and understanding where you come from. Here's a question for you. In your 20s, what are you most proud of now that you're looking back? If you had what to pick. Proud of. Ooh, yeah. That's a great question, Seeds. Yeah. Um, I know you learned a lot, so we, yeah. we, we, we have discussed many of your lessons already, but yeah, what are you proud of? Uh, what am I proud of? What am I most proud of? Damn, if I were to pick one thing, I'd probably, hmm, I'm proud of showing myself that I'm able to stand and be self-sufficient on my own. Um, Hell yeah. For, I forgot how long it was, but however long I was away. Sure. Four or five years, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, cause you know, like I started in my, I was away in my early twenties, mm-hmm. came back in my late twenties, you know what I mean? So That's I was right. a totally different person from when. From when I left and uh, when I left, I started to understand the little nuances in life, you know, that yeah. I'm pretty sure you, you can relate to me, too. When I say this, you know, when like your parents or your grandparents or people just older than you would always say, you understand once you get older. Oh, yeah. I'm saying it to my kids now, man. I had a lot of those moments, right? Yep. yep like, yep. damn, my, my grandma used to tell me about this or my grandpa used to tell me about this or damn, my right. mom used to tell me about this. Shit like that, right? Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> yeah, like fuck. These motherfuckers are right. Right. Like damn, Ugh. they're right. Oh, fuck. It's the worst. Um, it's the worst. <laughs> I think, yeah. So, man, just figuring out life in its own and trying to see how I can make my imprint on this thing we call life is really what I'm proud of most. I, I feel like I'm still learning, but yeah, man, that's that's probably it. Just learning how to stand on my own and figuring life out. That's amazing. 
I think that's the biggest thing you can learn in your 20s. But yeah, I think that's just as much as we look back at our 20s and go, oh, it's a bunch of partying and, you know, you fuck around, you get girls, you lose girls, you make friends, you lose friends, like different changes, trying to just figure out who you are in your 20s. But like, I think that's probably the most important thing that sets up success for everything else in your life is just taking your 20s to, like you said, learn how to stand on your own two feet. And to really make that next step into just being a just a complete adult. And it's not even so much about like being irresponsible or anything like that, but it's just, you know, getting your finances in order, getting your mind right, getting your future right, like understanding who you are and what you want to do and the people you want to surround yourself with and the energy you want to, you know, fill into your life every day. And the biggest thing for me when when I looked back back when I was turning, you know, 29, is the capacity for bullshit just mm. really gets very small because mm. you don't want to waste more time on drama and stupid shit, things that exhaust you, things that are negative and drain you and pull you down. So like once yeah. I started feeling that certain way where I just go, there are certain people in my life I just don't need to hold on to anymore because they're not bringing me joy. And there's certain ways I'm living that aren't bringing me joy. Like once you start stripping away that shit, which for me, you know, when I was 29, I was already with Rach and like that was, you know, we we're on the way there. She was helping me figure that shit out. Yeah. But that's something where I think once you that clicks for you, sky's a limit. Like, yeah, and I think you've been you've been at that level for a while now. Like, I don't think you got anything to worry about. But like some people don't get that lesson before they hit 30. So be yeah. proud of that. Yeah, uh, I got that. I'm just. Taking a long ass time trying to, you know what I'm <laughs> I don't think it's that long, this. dude. But man, it's it's been a blessing, and to see you like I met you when you were 29. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Crazy. Yeah, just about. Um, I remember you turned 30 and went on your little uh, rates planned a little secret birthday party for you. I remember that <laughs> the Vegas trip. Yes, yep, the Vegas trip. That shit was crazy. <laughs> yeah, God, that's still the coolest present I've ever gotten. Being it's woken like, up wait, at five the in the morning. Yeah, being up waking up at five in the morning, and my wife's just got my fucking suitcase packed up. She goes, Let's go. And I go, go where? Get on the plane. Like throws me on a fucking plane. <laughs> and we hit Vegas like by like 8 a.m. And I'm like, this is some like movie shit. Like, this is the dopest shit I've ever done. And we fucking partied. Oh my god. That was the Rage the came in, you were like, fuck, I don't work till 12. <laughs> Literally, yes. <laughs> So I was like, wait, like I gotta get to, and then she, the crazy thing is, she had like yep. the uh, everything set at work and all that, and like yeah. even the extra day after we got back from Vegas, they're like, oh no, don't come in, it's fine, you're you're good for another day, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, like that that amount of planning without me knowing, because I'm pretty fucking smart, I can catch yeah. shit pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. I had no idea, and we have a joint bank account too. That's what I'm saying. Like, and how do you was, get that past me? <laughs> I was actually, was I? I was there. Yeah, so I'm like, see? yeah, I already know. I, yeah. I had no clue. So, <laughs> there you go, man. But yeah, man, it's 30 is a trip. 29 is an even bigger one because you just get to reflect and enjoy and look back and go, okay, this chapter's closing after this year. Let's hit the next decade, fucking stronger than ever. That's yeah, a lot coming your way. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought. Man, I thought 28 was... No, actually, 28 was actually a different energy. Different energy, yes. It was a different energy. Yeah, 29 is definitely, like, you know, rising, like, the phoenix from the ashes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man, I feel that, man. Yeah. 28 um, was more like, 
still got to get your shit done, get your shit together type shit. And there's no timeline. Everyone's got their own shit. You know, you figure things out when you figure them out. That's, you know, it's it's a marathon, not a race, right? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fuck, man. How was Thanksgiving for you? Oh, uh, it was chill, man. Uh, chill, didn't do much. Just at the crib, yeah. had some turkey. Had, had plenty of food. You were good? Uh, I had a decent amount of food, you know what I'm saying? You know me, like, I like to eat. So I, I know, know, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm asking. Like, you did know, you man, get like, enough to eat? <laughs> uh, did I have the buffet that I would have liked? Probably not, but am I complaining? No. You should have came over. <laughs> you should have came to the crib. I'm just That's saying, what man. I should have done, man. Oh, oh, uh, all I my hard work. All my hard work, man. And it was all fucking worth it. It all came out. It's the best I've ever done. It's the most compliments I've ever gotten. Mm. And I mean, just, I. it was, like I said, like 10 to 11 hours of prep. I think I had to stuff the turkey after last episode. So that took me like another 45 so about 11 hours of prep and then like four and a half hours of cooking on the day of just exhausted by the time I actually sat down to eat. But it was the best I've ever done. And that fucking cheesecake I was telling you about yeah, was gone so fast. And it was the, I mean, just the masterpiece on top of it all. I'm so proud of all I did. And it's over just like that. And congratulations, motherfuckers. Now it's Christmas season. Enjoy. Here you go. Now I can let it go. Fucking hell, man. But yes, Thanksgiving was dope. We'll get into what else happened on Thanksgiving when it comes to football a little bit later in the show. Now, you did mention you want to give a quick shout out as well before we start the show, correct? Oh, yeah, sure. Let me get that shout out out the way right now. I just want to give a quick shout out to my two younger brothers, man. Kenny, Stefan. Balling dogs. So they yeah. actually participated in their first, um, <clears throat> excuse me, seven on seven tournament for the year nice. um, in football. And then Stefan actually uh, played in his first basketball tournament of the year as well. Awesome. Uh, sent me some clips and I can't, I can't help but to feel like a dad, even though they're my little <laughs> brothers. You know what I mean? The smile on like, your face is very dad like right now. Cause it's like, man, I was in the backyard with these fools. When they were like five, six, seven years old, mm. teaching them how to correctly, you know what I'm saying, get in your wide receiver stance, which foot always leads, depending on what side of the field you're on, the little nuances of the game. Yeah. How to run routes, what foot to push off of, how to show their fa- like, you know, little things like that. And to see Kenny out there lined up in the slot where I, I told him. From the very first time he first started playing, I told my little brother Kenny, I said, you are you are going to be an amazing slot receiver. Nice. Because you're quick, you're short, and you're nimble. Mm. And that's very exactly nice. what he is. He was lined up in the slot, press coverage, one-step slant, money, gone. Peace. Uh, press coverage against a cover three, one step to the outside, fade, burns the corner, doesn't get the ball thrown to him. Uh but he won on the route, and then he actually came back to the ball, got open again. Nice. Didn't get, still didn't get the ball. But he got open <laughs> oh, twice what the hell? In one play. <laughs> Let's get a new coach in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a new quarterback in there, new coach as well. Yeah, good Lord. Sound like the um, fucking Bears. That's awesome. <laughs> but shout out to Kenny, man. Keep grinding. He's a He actually likes playing corner more than he likes playing receiver. I hear that um, a lot about receivers, though. Yeah, he, he didn't send me a lot of uh, DB tape. He sent me a couple. He had a Pass breakup, it was nice, but man, he had a lot of for a player that doesn't really like playing offense, 
He's a hell of a player on offense. That's dope. Isn't that fucked up how it works like that, though? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> you go in thinking you're one thing, you kind of go, oh, some Travis kind of a- Hunter shit. Exactly. You're kind of a natural with this other thing, bro. You want to try that? It's like, there you go. <laughs> yes. I saw the video clips. Yeah, I liked what I saw. You definitely, dog is the correct term. Those boys are going to be a problem. They keep on, it's going to be nuts. But, but yes. I just want to shout out my little other little brother, my youngest brother, Stefan. He's the one that wants to emulate me the most. He was hooping, balling. Um, he was the one that was the least athletic. He was the one that had to work the hardest. Mm. Um, the one that didn't have things come to him as naturally and as easily as me and Kenny did. Because Kenny and I, we're natural athletes, right? We're Yeah. We're agile. We're nimble. We just have the know-how. Stefan, it took him a little while. He's a late bloomer, right? He's a second-round <laughs> pick. You know what I'm saying? You have to... Nurture him a little bit, go through the yeah. pains, went through some Alex Smith bullshit. You know what I mean? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But where he is now, like as a hooper, as mm-hmm. a hooper, he has potential to be better better than me. I can't believe I'm saying that. Wow. Yeah. So he he can handle the ball better than I ever could. Um, he just can't score the way I can. That's the only difference. <laughs> Once he figures that out, sky's the limit for him. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah, and like like I said, I saw the video. His shot was fucking clean. When he was getting open for those, woo! Very fucking nice. A lot of great fundamentals already. So, yeah, just keep building on them. Keep nurturing those boys and raising them up and strengthening them. And, man, here we go. You're going to start seeing them names in lights pretty soon. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Hell, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I think we should start the show. What about you? Let's get it because I got some shots to take. Yeah, you sure do. Let's get it <laughs> going. <laughs> One, two, three. You are locked into the Bank Bro Show. Welcome back. We are very happy you decided to join us again. And just like last week, still very fucking thankful for you. So really appreciate that. Uh, if you didn't know, now you know. We are your hosts, as always. I am uh, the black Seth Rogen. That guy is alternate universe Drake. I named that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after that fucking story. My God. Alternate universe Asian Drake. Yeah. If he never left the grassy, I think that's... Pretty much you. Nope. <laughs> no, I would never go that far. The grassy's too mean. That's too mean. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yes, we are still uh, deflating from Thanksgiving turkey. I still got leftovers in my fucking fridge I need to get through or fucking toss. It's probably getting to that point now where I'm like, I could probably let the rest of the leftovers go. I have my Thanksgiving sandwich, so all is well. I'm good to go. Now I need to go back to the gym. What's you up? still got leftovers? They're in there, but I haven't eaten them in a couple of days. It needs I need to clean the uh, fridge out. That's what we're gotcha. getting at. Yeah, yeah. It's gotcha. yeah, we are well beyond the expiration date here. So I was gonna know. say, uh, yeah. <laughs> that'd be bubble guts and everything about still eating that shit right now. So no, no, <laughs> I'm not that fucking crazy. But you're not crazy for tuning in. We got another special night for you. Plenty of football talk because we are right in the middle of all of it. Football in college, football professionally. Football and fantasy, it is all over the place, and it's coming at you hot here. I do want to start because we have not spoken about this man in quite a few weeks, but we'll get to it. 
And that is our beloved coach prime, of course, with the university of Colorado, uh, finishing their season up. And I want to just do a quick review of his first season at Colorado, kind of the highs and lows and how you feel about things and how they went and what the future looks like, because there's a lot of news out there right now, a little bit of fire going on and, you know, you can leave it to your boys here to actually give you the real news behind it, not all that bullshit media like everyone else gives you. But we could dig into Coach Prime's first season. How do you think it all went down, sir? So um, let's just give a back story, back stats about the yes. season that just passed that they had. So they went 4-8, yes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they ended up losing their last six games in a row. So That was rough. That was rough. That was very rough. Um, some of them were close games, some of them were blowouts. Um, but overall, they were one and eight in conference play, which is not good. That's not good. Means. Nope. But hey, they only had one win all of last season. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's still an improvement, people. And based off that alone, this season was a massive improvement. Yep. They are three whole wins better, four like times that. better than they were last season. Thank you. I don't remember how quickly something has turned around. Um, even if it hasn't flourished in the physical realm fully yet, right? The potential is there, and people know, right? Oh I yeah, never seen something this this bad get turned around this quick, right? No, uh, because if you've been living under a rock, nice. Right? <laughs> um, Colorado hasn't been over five hundred since twenty sixteen. Oh. Wow. I'm not including the uh the year that they had to cut the season out early. Uh what was that? The the COVID uh, season. I'm not yes. that season. Correct. So it's been a long fucking time. All right. Uh, you know, Shador, we speak on him all the time. Mm. He's a baller, right? Absolutely. 20, 27 touchdowns, three picks, 3,200 yards, about 70% completing his pass completion percentage. I mean, what more That's great. There's That's skill great. position players, right? Skill position players, ballers. Um absolutely. Three guys with over 55 catches and five touchdowns. You know, Travis Hunter, all-around star, both sides of the ball. Unbelievable talent. Ton of things to look forward to. But one thing, and we've been talking about this all season, the one Mm -hmm. thing that has been holding them back from beginning to end is the offensive line and defensive line. Yep. Let me throw these numbers out there for you and the people. Mm. So Colorado as a team this season, was outgained by their opponents by nearly 1,300 yards rushing. Oh. Rushing. Oh. Painful. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't run. They couldn't block. They couldn't block shed. Nope. When you can't do that, you lose a lot of football games. Sorry. That's just the way it works. Yep. Doesn't matter what era you're in. Doesn't matter what scheme you're trying to put out. If your big guys lose to their big guys, you lose. That's just math. If your big brother gets beat up, you're going to get beat up. That's just science. <laughs> that That's what it is. Um, and so, I mean, overall successful season, lots to build off of. Yes. In my opinion, they need to go out and get some blue chip recruits at the offensive line and defensive line. Speci- at least get you a left tackle for your for your son, Shador. Because there's no reason <laughs> a passer that talented should be on his ass half the time. No, not at all. Any level of football, because he he can sling the hell out of the ball, and he's clutch. He's We've shown it all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, other than that, um, the rebuild is trending up. I'd say that. Yes, trending up, but definitely a lackluster way to end the year. 
Uh, a little rough, but you're absolutely right about it all. And, you know, for those who didn't join us when we first started bringing up Coach Prime, you know, I'm not going to go into a history of who he is. Google him because, goddamn, you should know by now. But the man came into this fucking university, successful at Jackson State, wipes out the old riffraff of that one-win team last year, brings in some of his own blue chippers, and, yeah, all systems were go, and they had a blistering 3-0 and beginning to this season, including starting it out, taking down TCU, who was just in a bowl game, in the championship game prior to that. So, like, they were coming out swinging. By all rights, by the time that third game was over, the, that university was all anyone talked about. No one said a fucking word about Colorado University. None of you even knew that existed, probably, until this man showed up. So mm. just on that right alone, Prime is a success already. Just from bringing attention and opportunity to a gutter franchise, a gutter college when it comes to a team. So by itself on its own merits, I'll give him that one. After that, yeah, it got a little rough. They got smacked around by Oregon. We we talked about that game at length. You know, they, they lost to, uh, you know, USC and Caleb Williams, and you know, even after his Heisman campaign, like, it was a close game, but it was still a heartbreaker of a loss. They won that little squeaker over Arizona State. And then the Stanford game. That was the bullet. Because we even said on the show, Stanford, oh, that's a get-right game. We're going to get on the right track. They're going to take that momentum into that last, you know, six-game slate. Maybe get to a bowl game if we can get a, get there. And the Stanford double overtime loss, that was it. And then after that, all the wheels fell off. Like my boy said, six games in a row. Season's yep. over, no bowl game. But because, oh, real quick, I just wanted to mention when yeah. they lost to Stanford and they went into overtime, they were blowing them out. Yes, by all rights, that should have been a done deal. Colorado should have closed that game out, but they let them off the hook. Yep, exactly. And then everyone else got let off the hook. So, yeah, disappointing end. But I absolutely agree. What we're building here with this team has giant potential. Giant potential and prime. Whatever you want to say about the guy, he's the main reason. Even without the winning record and all the accolades they're supposed to get this year, which, I'm sorry, they weren't supposed to get that this year. They had one win last year. There was no expectation. It was just about Prime. It was the opportunity he brought with his presence there, trying to empower these young men. So, next year is what I want to talk about. Like you said, O-line, good God. They allowed 56 sacks this year. 56 and they were <laughs> and they only converted 38 percent of their third downs good god because get they the can't man an o-line get yes. the man an o-line like i should know i'm a bears fan i know how important an offensive line is and they have none that was a school record in his first year of how many sacks were allowed okay that's o-line and like the man said yes Trenches in the D-line. There's no inside linebacker help. They need pass rushers. They need another, I think, another weapon. They're losing Xavier Weaver, who, I mean, yes, yes you had Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn, but Weaver was the, was the lead receiver. So you're losing him. You got to get a blue chipper to replace him, too. But here's the problem, and here's how I wanted to bring up Coach Pride. The news now is in the last few days, and actually about the last month or so, the commits that Colorado had – Coming into 2024 and 2025, he had a couple four-star, three-star QB commits, you know, some other players down the line, but they're all starting to jump ship. They're starting to decommit now. And if you ask Prime, you know, 
it's all good. He seems like he's just very calm about everything. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about these young men mm-hmm. kind of changing course now and seeing the lackluster results in that first year and immediately going, I, Colorado's out for me, instead of staying committed and trying to build something with Coach Prime? How do you feel about that? Honestly, I'm not surprised. I think this is getting blown out of proportion. Uh, kids <laughs> do this all the time. True. This is, seems very more hype. And I don't know if it's because of Prime. It just yeah. seems like it's much more of a big deal than it does when anybody else kind of tr- jump ship, even you know before they join a team, after they've joined a team. You know, yeah. we got people who have left teams and transferred and won Heisman's. You know, so like, yeah, absolutely. Why does it seem like it's such a bigger deal now with Coach Prime? Because it's Coach Prime. That's the only reason why. You know, they they're always looking for someone, or they're always looking for a reason to bring your type of people down. My type of people. You're you're not wrong. Yeah. You know? I would say our type of people just. Melanin related yeah. folks, but they're you know, like any way they can, they they try to blow something out of proportion. Mm. Um, they didn't say anything when Justin Fields decommitted. Mm, good point to uh, when he first committed to Georgia, right? Yep, so I mean, because no one cares about Georgia's coach, Georgia's nope. coach ain't Deion Sanders. That's true, nobody is. Um, and <laughs> honestly, I think that's the only reason why th- this thing is getting blown out of proportion. Um, mm. if you go through I should have done research. I didn't know you were going to throw this at me. No, no. I, I like the curveballs every yeah, once in a while. I like while, it, you know? though. I like it, though. <laughs> because I don't know about football, but I know for sure in basketball, like Draymond Green. Ah. I'll just use him for an, an example. He decommitted and committed to Michigan State like twice. Mm. And he ended up, you know what I'm saying, a Michigan State grad, one of the best players that ever put on the green. Right. So things like this always happen. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, again, that's what Coach is saying. He's like, hey. These guys don't even commit to girlfriends. They're not going to commit to a school. It's like, what's the school going to do for them other than give them the opportunity? So they're yeah. going to look for that best opportunity. But, man, my phone has been blowing up. I literally get an article every morning of, like, five-star recruit or four-star recruit decommits from Colorado. I was like, yeah. damn, yo, why y'all piling on Colorado like that? And I, I think I agree. It's just like you put Prime's name on anything, it's a target. It's automatically how can we drag him down? Oh, he's overhyped. Like what? What's the fuck his name from Oregon said that shit? Like they're playing for clicks and we're playing for wins. Like no, they're not. We've been over this, but it's that same mentality of just like because Prime is flashy, all of a sudden it just takes all the merit away from everything he's accomplishing and trying to accomplish with this team. And so if people start decommitting, and again these are four star athletes, not five. These are four stars, not diminishing them. I'm just saying it could have been a lot worse anyway. It's not like he was getting these blue chippers right out the gate. He's going to have to build up anyway through his recruitment process. So not a big deal, but I thought it was kind of ridiculous how much we're piling on and making this a bigger deal than it needs to be. That's you know, a prime it, effect. It, it's funny you mentioned the stars. Mm. Um, you know how many stars Keenan Allen was? I don't know. Two. Oof. So wow. that's not what stars mean to me. Stars absolutely mean nothing. nothing. <laughs> that's a great point. Just like I say things about draft picks. Like there's certain rounds, it doesn't matter to me. Like you can find gems anywhere. Yes. What was Brady? Like a fifth round? Six. Sixth rounder for Tom Brady. Or Thomas. Thomas. What's his full name? Edward. Patrick Brady. There you go. The fifth. <laughs> sixth <laughs> round. The fifth and the sixth yes. round. So <laughs> So you just never fucking know, right? Oh, my God. Colorado's going to be all right. I, I have a good feeling about next year. 
I think the recruiting class is going to do great, even with, with the decommits, whatever. That's a great beginning of a yeah. process that might take him two or three years to mm-hmm. really make it into something. But, yeah, come yeah. back at us in three years and let us know where Colorado is at then. Back to yeah. the future style. Yeah, next year I think they get closer to 500. Uh, they might break even Yeah, um, at like six and six, but we'll see. I say, yeah, get the six win minimum and qualify for a bowl game. Hey, all, it doesn't matter what bowl game it is. If, as long as they're there, it's going to help that prestige. Put them in the fucking, I don't know. Yeah, we got to we gotta see if, like, the the NCAA playoffs are going to change, though. I sure hope so. Please. I know we're expanding soon, but I want even more. Because if, if, you if you lose just one game, like, you're not going to get a bowl game. Exactly. Which you're is- not going to be considered for the playoffs because there's only an X amount of teams that get in. Right. And it's just, I don't know, it's just dumb because I feel like there's so much talent in college football to where there's no reason why you shouldn't have a standard playoff tournament of right like, i don't know 16 teams that's what i said like just Is there's no reason for it i don't yeah. think so there's so many you, good teams yeah you can give i don't know you can have first round buys yeah um, you know what i'm saying i don't know you can do a lot but there's no reason we shouldn't already have that in college as soon as that college football playoff even it started existing and they came out with a four-team bracket, I threw something at my TV. Like, Look, there's four teams, teams but four then you teams. ran 25. Right. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? What? That doesn't make any fucking sense. So, just, oh, my God. And so, the fifth-ranked whole... team is really kicking themselves. Right. Like, <laughs> and the fifth-ranked team could be, like, undefeated until the very last minute and get, like, one loss, and they just tumble the fuck out. Like, And they lose to the first seed, and then they, right. they drop three spots, and now they're the fifth seed, and they miss the playoffs. Stupid. So <laughs> stupid. For one mistake, that just man, oh man, don't. That's a conversation for a different day because that could be two hours by itself about yeah. dumb that shit is and all the the conspiracies I have behind that of why they're doing it that way. But we should talk about that soon. We we'll should. put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in that one. But maybe around uh, you know championship season for college football when it comes up here, like pretty okay. soon, pretty soon. Okay. Okay. That could be a topic because yeah, can't stand that shit. I can't either. Mm. Well, meanwhile, we will sashay over to the NFL and get you some turkey day results so this man can start taking his turkey day shots because we had some shot bets on the three NFL games slate on Thanksgiving Day, which, again, all three on paper sounded fun as fuck to watch, and they were for the most part. We'll get into that in part. a second, though, for, for the most part, I would say. But let's start with the big elephant in the room because this man's a Lions fan. And, of course, Lions and Thanksgiving go hand in hand. Now, whether they uh, win or not, yeah. that's a different story. But it goes hand in hand. Are you already pouring that Hennessy? Yeah, I actually <laughs> want to drink now. I, I actually really want to drink now since you Dang. brought up the Lions. <laughs> so, yes, let's get right into it. So, get into it. On that Thursday, that Thanksgiving Thursday, the Detroit Lions woke up and it was 2017 again. These were the same old Lions. Oh, I've mentioned it on the show before and all the OGs. Shout out to the OGs who've been here yeah. since day one. Jared Goff has small hands. He's going to fumble the ball a lot. He's going to throw picks if he gets pressured. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. The mm. things that are still cons with having Jared Goff as your starting quarterback are still present, are still there. Yeah. He's just been, I don't know if it's him. No, you know what? It is him. 
He's been better at masking it. He's been improving. And at the same time, Ben Johnson has been helping him out a ton. Absolutely. Now I say all that to say our defense did not help us at all. (laughs) (laughs) Let me remind our fans that last week you did specifically say your secondary can get got. Yes. And they absolutely got got. (laughs) And it got got because Aiden Hutchinson couldn't generate pressure. Nope. Slid protect his way, and said, love, throw it wherever you want because their corners are extremely overrated. <laughs> oh, God. And that's what happened. I don't know how many yards Jordan Love threw for. Oh, we'll get there. Like 500. <laughs> it looked like it, too. <laughs> looked like he was wearing number 12. Oh, 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 man. He dropped one of the first touchdowns he threw. He dropped a dime. I think it was a Jaden Reed. It might have been a Jaden Reed. Um, It was literally in between two guys. Like, <laughs> boom. Like, hits Jaden Reed right in, I don't know, man. Like, this dude fucking fierce. He's <laughs> already like, he's like a shot. He's this is going to keep him from crying. Cheers, sir. So I, I, I bet and lost on this one, too, so I got to take a shot as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I don't feel that bad now. Ah, misery loves company. Nah. No, no. The very first play of the game, Jordan Love throws a 53-yard rocket to Christian Watson for a touchdown. That was the first play. <laughs> that shit, because I'm still, like, cooking, because this is, like, a, like 1130 or so. So I'm still in the middle of, like, mashing my potatoes and shit. And I was like, okay, well, this is going to be nice to have on the background because, you know, Packers, we said they have no fucking chance. Yeah, that first play fucking happened. Then the Lions come out, and Goff, fucking small hands, tiny hands, Goff, Fumbles it twice in the first quarter. And then he fumbles a third time. Like, what the fuck? I blinked because I don't think I was sitting and watching the first half. Well, I'm sorry, the first quarter yet. I blinked and it was 20 to 6 in the first quarter. And I said, what the fuck is happening to the Detroit? And yep. then I thought about it and I go, I need to look up some stats. Yeah, this totally tracked. Even with the Lions doing as well as they've been doing this season, the Lions have not won on Thanksgiving since 2016. This is a cursed day for you guys. That's why I said we turned into the Lions of 2017. Yeah, this is the same (laughs) old guys now. The Pumpkins back. I think it was just Turkey Day. I feel like they bounce back easily next week, but I think this is a Turkey Day like curse on your franchise. It just reared its ugly head again. I think um, I, I just... Goff's in trouble because he coughed up three turnovers to the Bears the week prior. I was going to say, I I actually have some concerns. There's a bit of concern. There's a couple cracks in the armor now. Goff in the offense, I don't want to blame it all on Goff, but a no, lot no, of no. it is his fault. I'm not going to lie. A lot of it is oh, his fault. Yeah, it was bad. This is real bad. Um, But we have been turning the ball over as a team a lot. And a one lot. of the things I was gloating about is that we haven't been turning the ball over. Yes. Uh, so once we start turning the ball over, that means we're throwing the other team back in the game. Yep. Which leaves opportunities for our secondary to get got. (laughs) I will say, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but this was the best I have seen Jordan Love look. I'm just putting that out there. Yes. I'm not, it's the best. That man went 22 of 32, 268 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. 90.5 90.5 QBR. It and it, honestly, people, like he said, it looked like it was 500 yards. Love looked yeah. poised. He was carving 
up that secondary like it was Thanksgiving. He was like ready for he was dinner. Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. This was <laughs> turkey dinner for him. He was ready to go. And I mean, do I? I'm not putting anything on the Packers in this one. They're five and six after this. Great. Good job, guys. They're still in the hunt. The Lions still own this division. Nothing changes here. But yes, when you talk about concerns, Goff, man, as I've been preaching about Goff all year long, this is the worst I've seen him in a while, including last week against the Bears, too. 29 of 44, 332 yards, uh, two touchdowns, but the three fumbles of 15 QBR. 15. And uh, how many picks did he throw? I'm not seeing any picks. He didn't throw any picks. Uh, Isn't that see, crazy? But he, he lost three fumbles. He's been see? turning the ball over so much. It's like, fuck. Right. You got to imagine. And not just him. This whole Thanksgiving slate, there was picks all over the fucking place. Everyone had a fucking pick. So I think they kind of set it off in the next game after this. But yeah, three fumbles from golf, all lost. And yeah, you're just not going to win a lot of games like that. The Lions did come back in the fourth quarter. Don't get it wrong. They put up eight points in the third and eight points in the fourth. And they ended up losing 29 to 22. But Jesus Christ, they got to fix this shit. I'm hoping they take this, this small break. It was a quick turnaround. I'm not going to make excuses for Detroit. Yeah. They are still the leaders here. But yeah. that might have something to do with it. Thanksgiving curse might have something to do with it. Let's see how they come back after two rough games. Because honestly, the Bears were this fucking close to beating them too. And if yeah. that happened, this is a whole conver- different conversation. Yeah. So they got away with one against Chicago. They didn't get it done against Green Bay. I say, let's put the difference and see what they got next year. So, New Orleans. You have, is it New Orleans next? We got New Orleans. Okay. So, that's an interesting test. After New Orleans, I think you got, like, the Bears, Broncos, Cowboys, and a couple against Minnesota. So, not the hardest, not the hardest schedule. No, I think, um, man, see, I don't know, because the way we've been looking the past few weeks, the way Jared Goff has been looking. Mm. It brings a lot of concerns to me. I'm not going to lie. Because this is the Jared Goff that I was accustomed to. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like You were worried about this guy. Yeah. Like, this is the guy I thought we were getting until whenever. Until you know something clicked saying? and he started doing really good. But, yeah. yeah. When you first got Goff, this was the Goff we expected. It was yeah. inconsistent. And, and um, Butterfingers. This is why, yes. This is why we need Hendon Hooker to hurry up and get on the practice field. <laughs> Because I'm telling y'all, he is the QB of our future. He mm. is, he damn near, he was a Heisman candidate last year. That's true. He he was arguably, with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, yes, the best pocket passer in the draft. Like, that's who he was. There you go. And I think he's going to be the QB of our future. I think Goff is going to be out of there soon. Maybe next, midway through next year, he might be gone. I think it depends on how they finish this year. It's going to kind of give you a glimpse I, of Goff's future. You know, honestly. But if he, he could snap out of it, and they go back on that momentum swing. Again, those are winnable fucking games. All of those yes, are yes. winnable games. Compared to the Packers, who have the Chiefs next. Good luck with Taylor Swift in town, I'm sure. But after that, it's a cakewalk for them, too. The Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, and they end up with the Bears at the end of the season. So, Lions should, by all rights, easily lock up the division and get a high fucking spot in the playoffs as long as they can fix the problems they've got. That's the thing, though. That's an if. That's a big if. That's the thing. And it's like, do I think we're going to fix these problems? If I'm being completely honest, I don't know. 
<laughs> I mean, who does though? Like, yeah, wait and no, see. Like normally, I'd be confident. That's that is true. Normally, you just say it and it's gonna happen. But the golf that I've been seeing, I think the last two games, last he's two had have been six bad. turnovers. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Maybe six. Because yeah. he he fumbled. Yeah, one he against coughed the Bears. up three against the Bears and three against Packers. So I mean, it's and then, yeah, he threw two picks against you guys, right? Yeah. So yep. it's, now and give the Bears credit because if you saw them on Sunday against the Vikings with four fucking turnovers. All of a sudden, our defense is clicking. I don't know what's happened. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm not going to question it. But our defense has been playing very fucking inspired, and it's been keeping us in games compared to just a few weeks ago when it was costing us games. So that Montez. might Montez Sweat. We'll get into you later on in another episode, sir. But I appreciate your work so far. But <laughs> my thing is that's where I, I guess I'm a little more confident that the Lions will figure it out because I feel like the Bears game was an anomaly. For us, just playing a lot better than you used to. And the Packers, I think that was mostly Goff's fault. But I also think Green Bay just knew the assignment and came out and punched you in the mouth. And they couldn't recover. I don't necessarily think it's an indictment of something's incredibly wrong yet. I think this next game tells me everything I got to know. But mm. we'll see. I, I'm not hitting the panic button yet, though. And I don't want to spend too much time on the Lions, but yeah. we should beat the Saints. I think you should. We should beat the Saints by at least 10 points. I think a solid win here, I think, will make everybody feel a lot better. Just Yeah. I don't care if it's in New Orleans. We went no. into Tampa Bay and handed them their ass. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, Saints aren't untouchable at home. It's not like the old Saints where you went to the Superdome and you got fucking luck. Now it's like, eh. And that's the thing, too. We're playing indoors. Yeah. So I think you're going to – I think it gets a get-right game here. But yeah. don't want to curse it. We won't jinx it. We'll move on to the next game. Which was I have to way. take another shot. Yes, you do. Now, before you take a shot, there is a black card if you want it for just this one. See, Come on, let's do never it. Take one. You've taken one. Yes. Let's do black it. Black card. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Let's I'm do it. Let's waiting do it. for you to go for it. Let's go. You may pick card one, two, or three. Three. Three it is. Here's your question for double or nothing on this shot. Mm. Which HBCU produced the most NFL players? Is it Grambling State, Howard University, Jackson State, or Florida A&M? The most NFL players produced. Ten seconds. Um, No using your phone. <laughs> Grambling. Final answer? Final answer. Because you have your phone I, in your hand, don't you? Well, it's Grambling State. He it's, it. <laughs> no, I was going to tell you why. I was going to tell you why. I was going to tell you why. Go ahead. Because when I used to play uh, like the older Maddens, yeah. there used to be random players that would have creative faces. That would be from Grambling State. Mm-hmm. And they would always be on my team because I used to <laughs> pick like Cupcake. Like there'll be a team overall, and I'll pick the Cupcake team overall. There'll be all the trash players. So, okay. I think next time we'll put your hands up when you do these. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little sneaky there. And I'm going to put a timer on you next time. But Grambling State is correct. You do not have to take your shot for this bet. Sorry, you still got another one, though. We'll get into that a little bit later. But no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I got another shot anyway. So, you do, yes. So, third, I mean, sorry, second game on Thanksgiving was uh, the storied franchise, the Washington Commanders, <laughs> even though their names change all the time. And of course, quote unquote, America's team, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas. In another traditional Thanksgiving game that we always see every single year, this man again had a bet that the Commanders would pull the upset. And boy, did that not 
fucking happen here. This was huh? hello and utter fucking blowout. Blowout. As the Cowboys have been seeming to try to do these days. They're either blowing out shitty teams or they're getting whooped by good ones. There's really no in between about this one at all. So or losing to the Cardinals. Or losing to the Cardinals. Yes, we can't forget that shit. Can't forget <laughs> that shit. But this one, honestly, again, there's not much story to tell. This was a 45 to 10 beatdown by Dallas. The big story here is one Deron Bland yes. with his NFL record, fifth pick six, which is just insane. Making himself at least a candidate for defensive player of the year. Do you know how hard it is to get five pick sixes? Not just interceptions, folks. Yes, that's right. Do the Booker T. Five times. Five full-ass pick sixes in one season is insane. And we are barely halfway through the season. Just a little bit over. But, my God, that man is a fucking baller. And I hope he's making himself some fucking money. Five, five times. Five times. Five, five times. times. <laughs> Hit the spin Rooney. <laughs> God, yeah. I wish he would. He should have did it right after that pick six. He oh should have did that. He should have oh. He was my new favorite player just off of that alone. Just, <laughs> just like that. But the other news of that is, you know, Dak Prescott doing what Dak Prescott does in these types of games where he looks like the pro he's supposed to look like, just slinging it all night. Man went 22 of 32, just like Jordan Love. That, I thought that was a weird stat. They both mm. had 22 of 32. Weird. But Dak ended up with 331 yards and four touchdowns. And just looking like a, a fucking amazing quarterback for one night at least against a team that just could not fucking keep up. Poor Sam Howell is out there just getting roughed up. Got four sacks on him. Five fucking just five tackles for loss. Eight QB hits. But he kept trying to feed his receivers. I saw a lot of effort there. He was getting Curtis Samuel. He was looking for Dotson. Like, I think Curtis Samuel ended up with 100 yards that day. So he was trying. But the touchdowns just, they weren't coming. The red zone looks just weren't there. And... Dallas just cruised to a fucking victory just like that. As, again, they seem to do on Thanksgiving. They do pretty well. And a, a lot of the old Salvation Army pot was used. And the turkey was in there. And everybody had a great time. But, again, Dallas, ain't nothing changed. We still know who you really are. We'll see you next week again. I want to see you guys the fucking ones. A bunch of fucking frauds. And you can say what you want about the Bears. I get it. At least we know who we are. We don't kid ourselves. Cowboy fans, y'all delusional. That was a nothing game. That was a nothing game. Commanders are four and eight. What did you do? You didn't prove anything. But don't let me pile on them because I have no right. I'll let this man take care of that himself. <laughs> I mean, there's. I don't want to rain on their parade too much because they actually won, and the Lions actually did not. So let me let me actually give them some credit and say, you know, Dak played like how we expect him to play. He yes. played very well. Uh, the defense got stops. Like they should. Yeah. I mean, if you look at this defense, they're just fucking loaded. Stacked up. So just, crazy. I mean, God. I mean, I don't know which defense is better. The Cowboys defense or the Browns defense? Oh, that's you know, tough. That's both tough. Both top-tier units as of now. Yeah. Obviously, the Cowboys are going to be the easy pick just because they have the better record. Sure. But the Browns have been playing without a quarterback. Literally, right. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> um. Mm. I mean, tough. all praises go to Dallas for this week for me. I ain't talking no shit. But next week, I might talk some different shit because y'all <laughs> might lose. <laughs> it's very fucking true. We'll see, Cowboys. They are well in the mix of eight and three. So we'll see how they finish up their season. Playoffs are very much in play for them. But, you know, again, they're in a division where you have Philadelphia looming over you. So you know you're not winning the division. Sorry, guys. But we'll see how they end up. 
wild card, maybe. Yeah, Cowboys. And, uh, the way Jalen Hurts has been playing, I think that might be the MVP favorite right now. I don't see how he's not. I don't see how he's not. He, like the Eagles I mean, look he, fucking unstoppable. He officially took over the reins of MVP candidate. Yeah, I mean, sorry everybody else, but yeah. you can't argue results. Philadelphia looks like the easy favorite to win a championship this year. And like, there, there's no longer the argument. Like, no, why is Philly good? It's because of Jalen Hurts. Last yep. year it was because of the team, but the defense hasn't been the same. Nope. The secondary's been giving up a ton of yards. Yep. Um, offense has still been good. Why? Jalen Hurts. Hurts has been literally winning games for them, like putting the team on his back. That's what you want your leader to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Good luck, Dallas. You're in that division. Sorry, guys. Good luck and goodbye. And goodbye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the third game, our primetime game, was the one I was the most interested in watching. That is the Niners and the Seahawks. Very fucking intriguing game, as they always are. Like, those yeah. two teams in history, just bangers for fucking games. So, love the matchup. I thought it was a great compliment to my cheesecake, because that was around the right time I started cutting that shit up, and woo, that went down smooth as some scotch. I'll put it that way. Um, But this is another one where we kind of had different opinions about it. We both had a Niners win, but that man went above and beyond and said they weren't going to cover the spread. And oh, they and covered it. They, I wrote I wrote this joke down. Are you ready for this? I wrote this joke down about this. This man said the Niners were not going to cover the spread. They covered the spread like an OnlyFans paywall. <laughs> <laughs> I was proud of that one. I was like, ooh, that's good. I like that one. They beat the shit out of the Seahawks. And I know the score wasn't crazy like we've seen, but like this was a nutty fucking game. And there's one man to really thank for that fucking win. His name is Christian McCaffrey. Oof. With his fucking, my God, two touchdowns and 114 yards in the first half. McCaffrey lost his damn mind. Now, Seattle did start coming back in the third quarter because uh, Brock Purdy threw a pick six, and all of a sudden, whoa, here we go. Now it's a fucking game. But yeah. you know what? He stayed calm. He got Brandon Ayuk for a 28-yard touchdown. Niners never let the lead up again. And Purdy did just enough to secure a nice 31 to 13 win. And that's really all you can say about that. As long as Purdy does not screw yeah. it up for the rest of the team. Again, we've mentioned many times with the Niners, that's a Ferrari. That whole team is a big ass Ferrari. And all you need is a driver. Who's not drunk at the wheel. You will cruise yeah. through most of these fucking games based on pure fucking talent. And Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks, you know, they're always good for a fight, but Gino was struggling with injuries. It was mm -hmm. kind of tough for him to get it to where he needed to get it to. They sorely missed Kenneth Walker, in my opinion. And I know yes. the, the the Niners' run defense is one thing, but Kenneth Walker is just brings that other element to that fucking offense. And without him, and no, no offense to Zach Charbonnet, he, you know, he got – He's a nice 15. player. He's a but... good player, but he's no Kenneth Walker. Kenneth yeah. Walker is a machine out there. I've been loving his game all season long. So they need him back as fast as humanly possible without rushing him too much. But, uh, yeah, that fucking defense was fucking Geno up. He got he took six sacks and threw a pick in the first half. So it's like the yeah. Niners' defense was all over him. And I want to give a quick shout-out to Jackson Smith and Jigba because Geno almost found him on an immaculate touchdown. Yep. I, the, every replay I saw was like, it almost it almost blew everyone's minds. It didn't work out. 
But I love, and we mentioned this last week, I, we are loving that you're getting JSN finally the looks that he needs, the routes that he's supposed to get. You're yes. starting to unlock JSN as a part of this offense. Now, the three with JSN and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know, I don't know how long you keep the three of them together, but you know DK, I think, is there for the long haul. Lockett, I don't know. But as long as you have the three of them, there's still so much potential. So oh, yeah. I'm loving that they're starting to notice that about JSN. I think he got a little late because we've been saying that since before the season started was use him immediately. I don't care what, yeah. what kind of rookie he is. He knows his assignments. But it is what it is. I think more is on the horizon for JSN. But in the meantime, Niners win their 10th straight divisional game. And they are looking again, just like the Eagles are, Niners are another team. Good fucking luck. Pick your poison, clench your butt cheeks, and hope for the best. But Niners are cruising through the rest of this fucking season. So I want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see some revenge games. It's going to be fucking interesting. Look out for the Niners too, though. What do you think about the game? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said everything. Uh, I think <laughs> I think the Niners are, I don't know. I think the Niners are the team that, that how should I say this? Uh-oh. The Niners kind of remind me of the Clippers, right? Oh, okay. I see where so you're going with this. They're extremely talented. Yeah. But they're never going to get over the hump. There's something still missing. They're, I just don't trust the guy at the helm. the party wagon it always comes back to brock i think he's a good player i think he's a good quarterback yeah but anyone can be a good quarterback in that system ferrari it's a ferrari like you said as long as you can ship the gears on time you're fine yeah you're going 90 Uh, miles and i mean Purdy's gonna beat on these teams in the nfc right he he's gonna beat the seattles oh yeah he he might i don't know the the niners and lions will be a hell of a game hell yeah uh, but, you know, they're going to beat on a lot of these teams in the NFC. Yeah. But they're going to lose to the Eagles because they're <laughs> way inferior at the quarterback position. Like, yeah. Way inferior. If you have to put the game on Brock Purdy's shoulders, he's not going to win you the game. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You put the game in Jalen Hurts' hand, he's going to deliver you a dub. Big dub. And at the end of the day, it's still a quarterback-driven lead. As That's good true. as that Niners team is, I just don't ever see him getting over the hump because Purdy is just not that guy. Oh, it's tough. It's tough. No, I I totally get it. My when I look back at history and I think about the quarterbacks that have gone to the Super Bowl, maybe prior to like the last five years or so, just before that. But like, it does make you wonder. Like, does the quarter like how great does the quarterback need to be to secure a championship versus Mm -hmm. just having a full ass team? Because I really do believe like. If the whole team is so dope and the quarterback is mediocre, I still think you can get there. Rex Grossman comes to mind. But I got you. Um, yeah. You have to be at least a Matthew Stafford. That's a really good point. I think that's like the floor. Because Stafford isn't – he's not Drew Brees. No, 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 no. But if you put the game on his shoulders, he'll deliver. He's gritty. He'll get you there. He'll, he's got a lot of heart. He's clutch, and he's got some balls, right? That's right. Um. But like we said, he's not one of those top-tier echelon-type guys. Right. So I think Matthew Stafford is a good starting point of how good you need to be to win a Super Bowl. I like because it. as good as that Rams team was that won the Super Bowl with Cooper Cup, Donald, Ramsey, Jesus. Um, the game still was put on Matthew Stafford's shoulders. Absolutely. He still had to make throws to Cooper Cup down the field, um, and he was still lighting up in the first half with Odell Beckham Jr. So Yes. 
Absolutely. I would absolutely agree with that. I think that's a good standard to go by. And Purdy, no, he's not Stafford level yet. But I mean, not he's yet. also he's also young. I think yes. he's got a lot of potential. And I think yes. if he stays in San Fran, I can see him growing. If he goes elsewhere, which I'm not saying is a possibility anytime soon, but oh, in another system, I don't see it. I don't unless see him doing that great. Unless it's a similar system, like say Minnesota, right. Cleveland. That's um, what I'm getting at. It's, it's got to be something like similar. If yeah. it's completely different, I think he's a not. He's not there. So no. hopefully for him, he can stay where the grass is already greener. But we'll see. I we'll think see. the Niners are well. They're well balanced enough to drag Purdy's ass to a deep playoff run, if not the Super Bowl itself. But again, Philly is that big fucking boulder in the way, that giant mountain. So. But that's the thing, like, what good is a deep playoff run if you're never going to get over the hump? I'm not disagreeing with you that they're not going to make a big <laughs> playoff push. But I'm just saying, they could win three games in the play, two games in the playoffs. But if they don't get to the Super Bowl, what good are those two games that they keep winning year after I, year after year? I would give my left nut for a deep playoff run for the Bears. I'm just saying. I'll take you, it. I'll you know take what? it. I would, too. <laughs> See? But if I was, But if I was losing... In the NFC Championship game, year after year after year, Packers. Oh, sorry about that. Blow this shit up. <laughs> I would say blow this shit up. Like yo, I'm tired of this shit. We know how it's gonna be. Y'all That's just a- you stroking me without letting you know what I'm saying. Letting me you know what I'm saying. Cram that shit. You literally sound like Rogers right now. It's hilarious. That's literally what's funny. Right. He's like, how do we keep getting here? Just just running into the dick. Boop, boop, boop. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right though. I think it's like a tale of two cities, really. Like, are you like a Bear or a Lions fan who are just like, all we want is a little respectability. All we want is like a playoff win, and we'll fucking throw a parade for that shit. Or is it worse to be like a perennial NFC champion contender and being a bridesmaid but never a bride? So it's like, I don't know which one, honestly, because I haven't felt that for my franchise. So I don't know which one feels worse as a fan. I would like to ask our fans to chime in on that one. If you can hit up our fucking inbox on Facebook or at you know gmail.com, let us know what you think. Is it better to just be a you know rebuilding team all the fucking time? Or would you rather almost bust the nut, but never quite get it? Never quite make it past. Like, I don't know. The blue balls sound like it's worse to me, but I also have rooted for a shitty franchise for most of my life. So I don't know. So it's not I that bad, how- right? I guess not. I know how it felt <laughs> when we lost Super Bowl to Peyton Manning. I know how that fucking felt. I wanted to rip my fucking head off. Like, so, but that was one year and then we fell apart. So I, I don't know. I don't know which one's worse. You let us know and we'll debate it for you. That's how fun it's going to be for that one. But yeah, man, another win for the Niners. They are cruising along. Seahawks, hey, six and five. It and ain't here's over. a shot to that. You may take your shot, sir. Unless you want another black card. Oh, he took it already. <laughs> we'll say that one for last. That's all right. Mm. Nice job. The veins of your forehead are quite red. Yeah. Um that went right to your brain. Man, that one um <laughs> That looked painful. That one was a little painful, I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. First one was pr- kind of easy, I ain't gonna lie. Right. Yeah. No, that one, yeah. You I saw your face almost explode like total recall. Um <laughs> So our last couple of topics I want to get into, still about the NFL here, but there's other, there's some other news that has happened that I wanted to kind of get into. And actually both these topics, I think, kind of lead into each other, which is Absolutely. why I say them for the end. Yes. Um, as we all know, 
every year in the NFL, there's always this coaching carousel of hot seats for these struggling coaches that no matter what team they're on, if things are falling apart quickly, everyone's kind of waiting and watching and seeing if coaches are going to be let go or if something's going to change or if they do the natural thing and scapegoat the offensive coordinator and then the coach stays too long. There's always something like shit going like, especially if you're a Bears fan, that's all I'm saying. And as a Bears <laughs> fan, I have, you know, my lens on what a quote-unquote good coach looks like is Lovey Smith. So my shit is old and dusty. And the the league has changed. The game has changed dramatically since Lovey Smith's days. And I miss him very much every single fucking day of my life. But when it comes to coaching, coaching has changed too. And we talked recently about one Mr. Josh McDaniels getting let go from the, the Vegas Raiders after a dumpster fire happened on his franchise and everyone fucking revolted and McDaniels was overrated. That's come and gone. Raiders look better since he's been gone, addition by subtraction. Now, the Carolina Panthers, who are, by all rights and purposes, the worst team in the league, thank you, please keep that going because I want that number one pick, baby. We are almost there. Let's secure it. But 11 games in, and Carolina has now fired their head coach before the season's even over in Frank Reich. So I want to know what your thoughts are about how the hot seats are really starting to speed up these firing processes. It seems like we are getting to a point now where coaches are not lasting much longer than they used to. It used to be like a Mike Tomlin. How long has Mike Tomlin been with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like 15 Since years? Since I was in middle school? Like, he's always been the coach. So look <laughs> how long Bill Belichick has been with the Patriots. Now, of course, that was a lot of success for them, too having Tom Brady, but those old school coaches, I get the long tenures. That feels like we are just done with that shit now. So mm -hmm. now you look at coaches today and I'm not looking at you, Matt Eberflus, because you need to fucking go. But I'm looking at the news now of other coaches on the perceived hot seat. You people like, you know, Ron Rivera, he's definitely gone from Washington pretty soon here, but even people like Brandon Staley, who, Los Angeles Chargers fans are ready to run his ass out of town. And I'm on the, the thing of like, you know, Staley's only been there for like two years. And I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's got a wildly talented team. And we've made this mention before of like, the Chargers are too fucking talented to be this bad. And yes, it has a lot to do with coaching. But there is some player shit too. The players have to play. And I still look at Staley and go, I look at Staley and say, I've seen much worse coaching than Brandon Staley. I'm experiencing it right now. Much terrible coaching than someone like a Brandon Staley. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah. You know, if he joined the Bears, I'd be like, okay, at least he's a younger kind of offensive mind. Even if he's a little boneheaded. And he needs a media coach. Don't get me wrong, because he says some sound bites where I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you, dude? But with all that being said, look at someone like a Dan Campbell. Look how much Dan Campbell is thriving now. He's not on the hot seat, but when he first started with the Lions, how fast were people calling for his fucking head when the Lions couldn't get a fucking couple wins strung together? So it's like, yeah, when he I kept just, going, when he kept going for it on fourth down, yeah, which yeah. we praise it now. Back in that first year, everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" But you know who, you know who was praising it back then? Me. This I didn't guy. give a fuck if we converted <laughs> him or not. It was about sending a message. Absolutely, you're absolutely right, and I love that about Dan Campbell. I love how aggressive he is. He wants to fucking win, and yes. you look at. You can look at people like Sean McDermott in Buffalo, who's been there seven years, but Buffalo, as I had said at the beginning of the season, was an easy Super Bowl contender this year. 
they are underperforming. They underperformed last year. And now people are looking at Sean McDermott like, hey, seven years, maybe you should go too. And I'm like, damn, McDermott's not a bad coach either. Like, the talent's there. The, the, the coaching is there. I think some things just don't work out. I mean, only one can win. It's 32 teams. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Robert Sala in fucking in with the New York Jets and shit. The man inherited a dumpster fire. He's barely been there long enough to even create some kind of magic. And he's stuck with someone like Zach Wilson. So, like, why are we coming for Robert's head this fucking fast? And that's what my question for you is. Are we putting coaches in the hot seat too fucking fast? Um, I see. Are we putting coaches on the hot seat way too fast? It's it's kind of difficult to answer that question. I get and you. Here's I'm gonna tell you why. Because yeah. the coaches don't hire themselves. That's true. So I think yes, the coaches have to take accountability for being ass coaches. You know what I mean? Uh, yep. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like they didn't give themselves that job. Right. And we need to be looking at the people who are making these decisions. Let me That's break that down for you guys. Yes, yes. So, um, if you've been living under a rock again, two times, <laughs> two times before the Carolina Panthers have hired Frank Wright, who mm. was recently fired, they had an interim head coach by the name of Steve Wilkes. Yep, yep, year. yep. He took over a one in four Carolina Panthers team who was coached by Matt Rule, mm-hmm. who left them to go to college because he couldn't survive in the pros. Nope. Uh, and he actually went six and six. Yeah. One more games than Frank Reich. Just like that. Interviewed for the job and little bit of surprise, didn't get the job. Nope. Didn't qualify. Why mm. didn't he qualify? Well, from what we hear, the people who are making these decisions, they came out and said, you know, we wanted coach, a coach with some cachet, with a name. Mm. You know, with a sexy name. And Steve Wilkes just wasn't that guy. Nah. Frank Reich has a Super Bowl, so he is that guy for us. Super Bowl. All right, all right. So let me break that down for you. <laughs> so what you're telling me is, after going 6-6 six and six with this guy, after hearing your players vouch for him, just your best players, you know, Brian Burns, for mm. example, you know, just, mm. just one of your best players, vouching for a guy. Yeah. And you tell your team. You tell your team, whether you did or you didn't, you are telling your team, this isn't our guy. Sorry. Nope. You guys believe in him, but we don't. And it's we call our the size. Our, our guy. guy is Frank Reich. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Look where we are now. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm getting to my point, guys. <laughs> I just want to say in 2003, the NFL introduced the Rooney Rule. Mm. The Rooney Rule ensures that minority coaches get interviews because there was a lack of, um, let's just melanated, say things. Melanated folk. Let's just say things weren't fair, to say the least. There you go. Um, the Rooney Rule was put in place because, fuck, what's his name? Dennis Green. Dennis Thank Green. You. Dennis Green. I'm like, I knew I knew the name. Danny Green. I'm like, wait. That's he, it. He plays basketball. Basketball, yeah. <laughs> so Dennis Green in Dennis 2002 Green. got fired after Nine straight winning seasons. On that 10th season, he finally had a losing season, got fired. Tony Dungy came off of a winning season, playoff appearance, got fired. That's mm. when the Rooney Rule came into effect, right? Yep, yep. Um, And I bring that up because it's like, yo, Steve Wilkes is, if you've been living under a rock, Steve Wilkes Three is Three times! <laughs> Steve Wilkes is melanated. All right? Absolutely. 
The Very same guy so. that went six and six with the uh, with the Panthers. The, he he already won more games last year in twelve games, and they will win this year in general. Good God, good. Even God. if they win the rest of these games, right. it doesn't fucking matter. Ain't right? happening. But what I'm saying is, black coaches don't get a fair chance. Nope. Not only black coaches, black quarterbacks. Mm, there it is. And you know what? You brought up a great point. I just want to bring this up to the listeners to put this into perspective, right? Because yeah. the Panthers chose to hire some dude that won the Super Bowl with another team that so happened to be stacked, right? Mm. I think any any coach would have won the Super Bowl with that stacked-ass team. I would have won okay. with that team. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to get into that team. Right. But Frank Reich was the one that was hired, right? And um, Steve Wilkes, mind you, he was basically fired after 12 games because, you know, the interim coach didn't get the job. Um let me bring up a white coach who's been given multiple chances, multiple years oh, to create boy. the team that he now has. And you brought him up. I'm glad you did. Sean McDermott. Uh-huh. Did anyone tell me where Sean McDermott was uh, pre-Stefan Diggs? Where were the mm, Bills? Gutter. Not good. Josh Allen? Not great. Not Horrible. Great. Horrible. Turnover machine. All right. And they gave him all that time to turn the ship around. Yep, to yep. get that thing going. Smooth out the edges. Right. And now Steve Wilkes, he got one year in Arizona before he got fired and replaced by Cliff, by, I can't believe I'm going to say his name, <laughs> by Cliff Kingsbury. That guy. Yep. That guy who tried to make an air raid college system work in the NFL. That who is no was longer hilarious. their coach. That was so funny. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what am I trying to say? Ryan, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is sometimes when you have the guy, it's not the guy that is going to check off all the boxes for you personally. Nope. Take your feelings out of it and make the call for the people who are actually going to be affected by the hire that you make. And those are the players. Those are the fans. Those are the people that actually give a fuck about something more than the dollar signs that they see in their bank account. Because that's all owners care about. They just care about the bank account. And they just care about the dollars. That's right. That's right. So stop with this BS. Stop with this overthinking. Stop with this trying to get too cute. Mm. When you have your guy in the building, your players will let you know with their play and with their talk. Absolutely true. And it was Steve Wilkes. You let that man walk out the door and now you're paying for it. So I don't feel sorry for anyone. I feel sorry for Frank Wright. Yeah, that sucks. It sucks for him, uh, but for the Carolina Panthers organization, I don't feel sorry for them. Uh, sorry. Bryce, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry yeah. for the players, but uh, people, the people controlling the organization, nah. Mm. They asked mm. for this. I am so glad you brought up Bryce Young because that transition is exactly where I want to go on the same wavelength about maybe pulling the trigger too fast on things. And Bryce Young is a big part of this. Again, he's the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. And he was the number one draft pick after Carolina gave us a boatload of picks. And Mr. DJ Moore, thank you very much, for Bryce Young, who has now played 11 games. And already people are calling him a bust. Mm. And I really want to talk about that, too, just for a second, on the same wavelength of how we are so fast to pull these coaches out of situations where they're not even able to really build on things and make something out of nothing. Someone like a Bryce Young, who's just getting his feet wet. Yes, he's a starting quarterback, but people are throwing that bust word around without thinking about the context. 
Look at the team the man is on. It's crazy. Like, I'm not going to disrespect anybody on that team, but it's like out of all 32 teams, that roster has probably the most holes in it, and that's saying something. So having someone like Bryce Young, who's not used to this like lack of success yet, it kind of fucks with you a little bit. And the fact that people are throwing that bust word around, I'm like, y'all need to chill the fuck out with that, at least for some of these players. And I think it's a part of the reason. I think it's a, it's just like that change in the NFL. It's the social media, like we said, ruins everything. Everyone's got a motherfucking opinion all the fucking time. And Bryce Young, unfortunately, is always going to be compared to C.J. Stroud, who is thriving in Houston, which, again, context, Houston is a terrible franchise. Look at him now. Everyone's looking at Houston like, hey, that turnaround might be a lot fucking faster than you think. They put some pieces on that team, and now Houston is that kind of that team you don't want to see right now. They're on, they're not winning every game, but they're fighting every fucking game. They are getting some decent wins when they do get them, but they're looking much more exciting, much more efficient than they have in years, and Stroud's a big part of that. But you look at Young and go, oh, same draft class, one and two, but now it's like, One's a bust and one is a second coming. And I don't think that's very fucking fair. And I'll do you one better. Look at someone like Quentin Johnston on the Chargers. We'll bring the Chargers back up. Quentin Johnston came into the draft like a huge fucking prospect. Like, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be a great receiver on this team. He's had a terrible fucking season with the Chargers. Yes. Is that all his fault? There's a part of it, yeah. When he has been out there, he's looked pretty lost. His routes have been shit. He's been butterfingers, too. I get it. But people are, again, I'm seeing that bust word. I'm like, mm. since when do we start mm. calling bust after 11 fucking games of a career? That's right. so fucked up. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I haven't called people bust in a quick amount of time either. But if you want to put some context and some perspective behind it, let's talk about real fucking bust. Let's talk about Kevin White. Let's talk about Josh Rosen. Let's talk about Trent Richardson. Hey, Charles Kevin White Rogers. Hit home for you, huh? Kevin White is the first one on my fucking list. Fucking Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell. Like, look at the real bust. And even, I will argue, when they were in their careers, in 11 games, we still weren't saying, oh, they're a bust. We were saying, oh, that's not a great start. But the fact that now we're just, like, heavy with that label of just going, nope, they're nothing. They're trash. I think we're just pulling the trigger too fucking fast. And my thing is, bringing it back to the Bears, the big story, again, is I need Carolina to be the worst team in the league, so we get the number one draft pick. And the big fucking debate is should the Bears let go of Fields and get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. and whatever is going to happen. And I won't waste any time on that one. But if you know anything about Caleb Williams, his college career might be done at this point. He's wrapped up with USC. They've had their last game. And his season didn't go great after a great Heisman uh, season last year. So now it's like, is he going to declare for the draft? Or is he going back to school? And I'm feeling like that bust aspect is weighing on him because he looks at someone like Bryce Young and goes, God, look at the situation that man just ended up in. And he looks like a piece of shit, even though he's trying his best. Again, there's no context behind it. So Caleb Williams now is making decisions, I feel, based on how he's seeing his peers being treated when they're very young in their fucking careers. And I don't think if he goes to the Bears, I think he's going to go into the same fucking problem. And that might hurt his entire fucking career. So what do you think about the bus label on the same wavelength of pulling the trigger too fast on these coaches sometimes too? Uh, sometimes that shit goes hand in hand, right? 
Like I think it does. You, if you look at uh Bryce Young's situation, for example, right? Like I said, uh Frank Wright, his former head coach now, didn't hire himself. Right. But that was a head coach that was given to Bryce Young. Right. Um obviously he's now let go. So Bryce Young literally came into a situation with no stability. None. So what do you expect Bryce Young to do? Let me put this into like uh simple people terms, right? <laughs> Imagine getting hired at a job where your manager gets fired. Mm, been there. Uh you've only been at this job for I don't know, a month. Been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And now you're expected to be the manager, even though you're not the manager, even though you just started a month ago. Yep. Even though you have little to no experience. No training, nothing. Nothing. No one to give you guidance. None of that. Nope. That is Bryce Young right now. Right. And through 11 games, he's considered a bust, right? Let me read you his stats. They're not even that terrible. No. He's completing 61% of his passes. He's thrown for 1,800 yards, nine touchdowns, eight picks. Quarterback rating of 75, right? Rookie numbers. He's a bust. But he's a bust. Right. But you know what? Let me do you one better. Let me read you the first 11 games of Peyton Manning's career. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. You know what? Peyton Manning's only had two games in his first 11 games in which he's completed over 60% or better. Wow. In nine of the 11 games, Peyton Manning threw for two or more picks. In nine of the 11 games. Holy he shit. Threw for two or more picks. Bryce Young only has eight. Can you imagine just, calling Peyton Manning a bust? I'm going to stop it there. Right. Who who was calling Peyton Manning a bust then? Nobody. Not a damn person. Nobody. But Bryce Young, the melanated quarterback. Mm, you went back there. Number one overall. <laughs> has a positive touchdown to interception ratio. Mm. Is a bust. Sure. Oh, it's because he lost a lot of games. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, uh, okay. Because Peyton Manning was 2-9 in his first 11 games. <laughs> I'm fucking fire, fire. Oh my God. That's all you have to say about it. Like That's all I'm going to say. That's all you got to say about it. And I, I'm Nobody not saying Bryce Young is going to be Peyton. No. But all damn I'm it, saying after is, 11 games, dude, like. Pump the fucking brakes. Thank you. Like The kid is 21 years old, 22 right. years old. Right. Let the man grow. But this fucking society today with just everyone labeling everything as fast as humanly possible in every situation is just like. That's exhausting. Y'all going to break that man's spirit before he even tries to put it together, even if it's not with Carolina. But, like, by the time he gets to his second contract, which he probably will, he's still a talented QB, but, like, by the time he gets that second contract, y'all going to be up in his fucking head. And you can say that's not mentally tough or whatever, but it's like, dude, he sees all that shit. He sees what you're saying. Just, again, like he said, pump the fucking brakes. And if you need to know what a fucking bust is, go Google Kevin White. And come back to me and let me know what a bust is. Because that guy, I have no respect for. I'm sorry. I don't care what happened to him. I know his legs were made out of sand. I don't care. That was the epitome of a bust. Go watch a YouTube video of Ryan Leaf. That will make your eyes pop out of your head. Go read a book about Trent Richardson. Because that shit, (laughs) he should have been the next fucking Bo Jackson. That man, are you kidding me? And it lasted what for him? Two years? And one year at the Colts, he didn't do shit? So, like... Yeah, he got traded after his rookie year. Thank you. Traded (laughs) to the Colts after the rookie year. They never even played him in the Colts. He got released. That was it. That man was a game wrecker in college. So there are real busts, 
and there's these little fake ass busts that y'all just going a little too fucking crazy on. So let's yeah. calm it down. Come back to us a little bit later in his career. We'll look back and then we can say if he's a bust or not. But after 11 games, come on, y'all. Be better. Do better. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> like a real bust to me is uh, Ryan Leaf. Like that'd be a real bust to me. That's like uh, the like, number one bust of all time. Everyone has him, <laughs> other than Jamarcus Russell. It's Jamarcus like one Russell A and one B. Yeah, yeah. those uh, two Joey, guys. Joey Harrington. That's another oh, bust. Man. Um, Charles Rogers. Charles, kinda. Kinda. Because he, he, he was he, going through some stuff. He, that's very true. That's very he true. Was, so it's like he. Kinda I had to bring was, up one lion for you. But it's like, <laughs> oh, Joey Harrington was a lion. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about Harrington. <laughs> I, I, I had Rogers. I was like, oh boy, Joey Harrington. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, like if if your career is uh, underwhelming because of injuries, I personally don't consider you a bust. Like Kevin White, I don't consider him a bust because he was <laughs> injured a lot, and that's why he didn't get to play. I don't consider guys like Greg Oden a bust. No, yeah, Oden, that was just unfortunate. Yeah, it was oh, just boy. unfortunate. But like, if you if you played and the circumstances were at least okay, mm. and you were bad and picked high, yeah, you're a bust. That's why I call Kevin White a bus. Yes, he was injured, but he did play a little bit. And when he did play, he was utter dog shit. So, like, even healthy Kevin White. And I saw him after he left the Bears. I think he went to the Cardinals or something. And he got to play a little bit there, too. He still sucked. So, like, that's – and he was, like – I think he we picked him 12th overall. It was high. It was, it was high. high. It was a high first round. It was a uh, – hold on. Was Who was fifth? There was another wide receiver in that draft that was, like, top tier. It was him and someone else. Let me look at that draft real Kevin White And uh who's the other receiver? But they were talking about these two dudes as like AJ Green and Julio Jones. 2015 draft. Yeah, Kevin 20... White, we picked we picked him at number seven, by the way. My God. 2015? 2015. Okay, that, that's after Odell. After Odell. Yeah. But he's in the same class as Devontae Parker, which had a decent start to his Parker. career. It you was Devontae Parker. Rashad Perriman. Eh, you know. Rashad Perriman. Oh, it was yeah, that draft. Yeah, it was that draft. That draft really wasn't a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. Amari Cooper. That's who it was. There it is. I'm like, there, there was. was a stud. And it was Amari cool. Cooper at four, Kevin White at seven. So, yeah. Yes. I forget about America, Amari Cooper. Goddamn. There you go. So, there are real busts and there are fake busts. I think Bryce Young is a fake bust so far. It's too early. Y'all need to chill the fuck out and touch some grass. Yes, please. For you, sir, what are your last words for your adoring fans? Um, my last words are to simply be thoughtful mm. and serve others and be yourself. Ooh, you know I'm changing it up today. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm on the You're positive very, side of life now. Very wise in your old age now. <laughs> 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 yeah, gotta love the birthday advice for the fans. Um, but yeah, like that man said, serve others, be thankful, be thoughtful. Help others do what you can to make the world a better place. And the way you can do that is very simple. All you got to do is go to YouTube and go to Facebook. And where's that? That's the Bank Bro Show. And oh. you just click that share. You click that yeah. like. You click that subscribe, that mm. love. You hit up our inbox. You go to gmail.com and write in some fucking letters to us. So we can read them on the fucking air for you. And oh. then you check us out on Instagram. Oh. At Bank Bro Show is where. My God, there's just so many ways of finding your boys here and those little steps help us make the world a better place see it all leads together so make sure you mm. check us out in the meantime in between time you know where we're gonna be right back here 
next fucking week. Make sure you check out this episode on Saturday morning, like we like to always post. But next week, another fucking great episode for your ass. So make sure you don't miss out. Come back and see us. Boy, oh boy, until next time. You know what it is. Bank bros are in your city. We are always here for you. And you can motherfucking bank on it. Lock, lock.